Hey guys, this is Mila J with the As I Said podcast. Each week we talk about the TV shows I'm obsessed with, the movies that I love, and the pop culture I can't get enough of. So let's get into it. Okay guys, so again, my name is Mila J, also Jamila. Uh, some of you may be here because you follow me on my Instagram, which is Mila J, M-I-L-L-L-Y dot J-A-Y, or you may also know me um, from my YouTube that I have with my wife, Sequina. We are Jamila and Q. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, where we kind of just do vlogs about our daily life, right? So what I really liked doing is talking on my Instagram that I have by myself about TV shows and movies. And it really got interesting around the time of Insecure, where each week I was going to my my like Instagram stories like, y'all, can y'all believe what just happened with Molly and Issa? What is going on? And it was really starting to shock me because a lot of people were kind of like just on Issa's side. And I found myself very much, um, Molly drives me crazy, of course, but I was very honest with myself to say, like, I see a lot of myself in Molly. Like, I'm not going to lie there. So that whole dialogue made me really want to start really getting my feelings and, and hearing others' feelings, a communication around TV shows and movies. And we're at an interesting point in time where everyone can watch what they want to watch, when they want to watch it, how they want to watch it, at the pace they want to watch it. So whether this is like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, um, anything, Paramount Plus, like people have access to a billion of TV shows. But every once in a while, there's like a TV show or movie that cuts across culture and we're all talking about it. So like Manifest, when <laughs> Manifest came on TV like on Netflix, everybody was obsessed with it. It felt like we were all talking about what happened to this flight. I'm not going to Jamaica. These people like, <laughs> what are these voices in their head? Um, and then most recently, like clickbait. And it seemed like everybody was talking about clickbait and what was going on. If you haven't watched the movie, definitely the series, definitely watch it. It was really good. I personally did not like the ending. And I live for a good turn in a series, especially one that I didn't see coming because you can ask my wife, I'm the type of person that um, I, I talk during movies, yes. <laughs> and in the movie, I'll start talking and sometimes like I'll say the line before they say it. And that's just because sometimes script writing can be like, super obvious with what they're about to say like oh my god you don't love me like you used to you know like you just kind of know what's gonna say what's gonna be said and then you, you kind of know how it's gonna end so whenever you have a show that surprises me I'm like here for it so clickbait was surprising but it was like I definitely would have wrote the son being the murderer and I didn't appreciate going through all these twists and turns that had nothing to do with the final outcome. Like, give me a good twist and turn. Like, okay, okay, so I'll tell you. So have you guys um, heard of the show Cruel Summer? So it's on Freeform, right? And I'm I'm pretty late to the party with this show. Like, I'm really late to the party. Uh, so some of you may or may not have seen it. I'm not going to give away too much of it just in case you haven't seen it. But it's really about these two girls, right? They're in high school. And what I really like is the setup of, of the series. So what they say is um, these incidents occurred on, on this day, on, I guess, July 11th in 1993. 1994 and 1995 okay so you have me hooked so anytime we're kind of going back and forth 
like through a couple of years or even a couple of months. I really, really, really like that, um, especially if it's done well. Um, gives me like a 13 reasons why kind of vibe, right? Like you have this character Clay and for some reason he's going to get hurt or something in the beginning of every um, like season and then he's going to be bandaged up and so that's how you kind of know, okay, in the current time he's bandaged up and in the past it's going to kind of have this bright um, like cinematography and then in the in the present it's going to be like dark and moody. So if you've seen 13 reasons why, this is kind of like that vibe of Cruel Summer. So you have like the suspense of clickbait and you have like the back and forth of like these teenagers with this dark undertone for Cruel Summer. So you have these two girls. One of the girls is popular, of course. And then you have one who's not so popular. One of these girls goes missing. And when this girl is found, she says that the girl who is not popular knew where she was and that she was missing, but did not tell anyone because she wanted to take her place in her friend group and be popular. And you come to find out both girls are lying. And I'm I'm not usually like supportive of like in these instances like where where we have something happening to a woman and then we're kind of gonna go through her whole character just to like um, make you question her word right but that's essentially what happened in, in clickbait where you have a man and you tear apart you assassinate his character at the suspense for the audience only to find out like what happens at the end so this is very similar very well done and the ending I promise you I saw this show two weeks ago and typically like if I watch something and it's good like I'll be into it but I'll forget about it once I get on something else good I like <laughs> the last 20 seconds of this season ending I my mouth was like I was shocked like I was shocked so if you haven't checked out Cruel Summer I watched it on Hulu um, but it's on freeform so like on Hulu you can watch the whole season so yeah And I won't lie, um, sometimes like, <laughs> I, how old am I? I think I'm, am I 31 or am I 32? Do y'all have these, like, like, how old am I? Um, I still do like watching shows like about teenagers. And sometimes I'm like, like you're so far removed from it. But that's like what made like Dawson's Creek, like was a whole bunch of teenagers watching Dawson's Creek or was like adults. So and like like the OC like all of these shows so another show that was about teenagers well they, I keep saying it's about teenagers and they're really not because they weren't even that like that super young so Issa is uh also has a reality show she has a reality show called The Sweet Life that's named after a Frank Ocean song on on HBO so this is a reality show that follows the lives of early 20-somethings right so they, I think they want to, they range from like 22 to 27 and it was giving me, I really thought from the trailer that it was like a black Baldwin Hills. So I was all for it because I love Baldwin Hills when it came out. I don't know why we didn't get a second season, but anyway, so Sweet Life, I really like this show because it wasn't just centered around drama, right? Like did drama happen? Yeah. You get a group of people together, you know. The drama is going to happen. So this is a friend group. There's some dating within the friend group. There's arguments within the friend group. But I think the heart of the show is like, is, is LA, of course, because it's easy. But it's like also um, like, like the hustle. You have these early 20s who are really trying to like figure out their lives. Um, because, of course, you know, when you're at that age, when you're 25, you're like, I got to have this shit figured out by 30. And then all of us are in our 30s. I'm like, y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got you got a little figured out but not 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 everything so what i really like is that okay so there's this character her name is ty and i want to say like everyone is kind of like revolves around ty you have one person in the friend group who's who's like everybody's everybody knows everybody's friends with so she's kind of like the linking of the group she links everyone together and i really think it was so sweet because everyone at the beginning of the series talks about you know how positive ty is and you know what she's doing so it just felt like you see like just strong support of black women which i love the show for me some of the major themes were also like dating within your friend group which been there done that don't do it because it's always like okay if you fall out if you date someone and then you, then you fall out you know um it impacts the whole thing friend group Another another reoccurring theme was like you have this one character, this one this character, this is a reality show. Um, one of the girls, she's just very much like anytime there's drama within the friend group, um, she's like, this is why I don't hang out with girls. This is why I'm always with the guys. And when I tell you, like, it's always one woman like that who's like, I don't even hang out with women. I hang out with guys. But it's like you have these scenes of where the, the guys are, you know, spreading kind of not rumors but where they're gossiping but when men talk we don't call it gossip um where they're arguing but when men argue we just say that's just what they do and what i didn't get is like most of the arguments with the women they were arguing in reaction to something that was done so someone lied to me about sleeping with someone someone you know brought someone to a party that they shouldn't have brought brought to the party someone you know said they slept with me and they didn't sleep with me you know like it's like really like I'm reacting to it and that always gets me when someone tries to control my reaction <laughs> or you try to shame me for my reaction and we don't get to the center about like why I reacted major pet peeve another another conversation that was had in the show which I really I am so glad they included this and I really wish like I haven't seen people talking about this so I really wish like people would watch this show and understand this conversation was about privilege especially in the black community right and they did have a reality show not a reality show they did have a, a reunion show and they touched on this because we hear about white privilege a lot but a lot of people especially in the black community don't talk about privilege within the community right like I can say like as a black woman as a black lesbian I am like in a super marginalized group like the intersectionality between being black and being a woman and then being gay is like off the charts but I still have privilege as a cisgendered woman so the fact that my like identity and my body match is privilege because there are trans women black trans women who who it doesn't and so then they have to spend like their life making sure that their outside matches their inside and that's not easy in any way shape or form and no type of legislation protects them so that's just like high level in this conversation of privilege you have two men who are arguing about um about who's I guess who's more successful so you have this uh oh I got it out the mud like everybody wants to say I got it out the mud but like everybody has different starting places in the race so one is like yo I was hustling on skid row and I didn't see you on skid row and a lot of us know skid row because they talk about it like in movies and stuff so like 
<sighs> if you're from Atlanta, maybe like downtown little fuck. Never mind. <laughs> let me not let me not call out anything in my city, okay? Um so like mostly like movies talk about skid row with just having like maybe like a lot of homelessness, a lot of drugs, like just not like in general. You know, it, he was making a point like I like that was his point. I got out the mud. The other one and he was telling the other guy like, yo, you have this uh, multimillion dollar company. You grew up with your mother. And although your father wasn't there, your mother was there to help you with this company. And he blows up. Right. Um, he basically says, I am where I am because I work harder than you. And that is essentially like how privilege develops in our head. Right. Because like here we are thinking like I could say all day, like I made it through college in four years. If you can't graduate in college in four years, what are you doing? No, no. When I was in school, um, I didn't worry about working because uh, it was paid for. I didn't worry about like where my meal was going to come from. I had money to cover my meals. I was able to live with my grandmother, so I didn't have to worry about where I was going to live. So those are like privileges. And sometimes we don't want to acknowledge our privilege because we think that it takes away from how hard that we work. So they have this. So then the guy who quote unquote works harder than everyone else he goes back and he goes back and has this conversation with his mother who did help him out with his business so i was i looked him up in his company like really it's like you know legit and um i think he sells he sells clothing and his mother said yeah i did help you and that's okay <laughs> you know like that's okay like i don't know if we want like screech screech <clears throat> I'm from Georgia. Hi, my name is Jamila. I'm from Georgia and I just said street. Um, I don't know if it's street cred that we're looking for as black people um, to want to have this, um, to carry this identity like all black people struggle and we all have to overcome all of these struggles. Yeah, yeah, we all have struggle, d struggles to varying degrees. So I appreciated the show. <laughs> Long story short, I appreciated the show for highlighting um, this conversation of privilege because we don't have it often within the black community. I think we all understand white privilege and how white privilege privilege works but we don't discuss privilege amongst um, ourselves in the community specifically I mean we can get deep into that between like the black community and the black gay community but we'll have that topic for another day so yeah so you guys again check out the sweet life it's on HBO and like anything Issa has you know like the music's gonna be good you just know like it's it's gonna be a good show it's gonna be a good story so okay so what else am I watching? Okay, so okay, so keeping up with theme. So let's go a show, a new show that just came out last week was called um, Our Kind of People, right? So I was super excited about the show. I actually heard about it on a podcast, and as soon as I heard more Chestnut was tied to it, I was excited. I was a little sad because I also watched The Resident, so I knew if he was on um, a new show, he was no longer on that show. But yeah, so. Our kind of people is giving me like Black Dynasty vibes, right? So we have Morris Chestnut, Lance Gross, and then we also have Papa Pope. And Papa Pope has reprised his role of his soliloquies because <laughs> he is going to give you a good soliloquy, a good read, baby. He will. Uh, we have Yaya on the show from um, America's Next Top Model. And then she's also, um, I think it was Chicago Med. And I always want to watch it just because of her, but I never watched Chicago Med. Um, you guys make sure you go follow the As I Said podcast 
on Instagram and if you've watched any of her shows or if you watched this show, let me know and let me know what you thought. Um, but also Nadine Ellis is on the show. Raven Goodwin's on the show. Debbie Morgan. Debbie going to be somebody unto your mama and she plays it well. And I have loved Debbie since Eve's by you. But OK, anyway. So the show's giving um, is trying to give like a black dynasty, which I was really into. So um, opening scene, you understand that we do have a character, Yaya, her character um, doesn't come from a lot of wealth. She's really like trying to build herself up and build her family up with her daughter. She's a daughter. And she goes, she goes back. She's, um, she's really trying to figure out, I can't, I can't gather if her mother just passed or she's really trying to just understand her mother's life. So she's going to go back to where her mother's from. And this is where we get into the, um, I guess the black elite is what is what the vibe we're trying to get. So the shows, the overall pacing for me was like the pacing was a little was a little rushed because you have these huge storylines that are trying to be told on an hour of television. And that could be really tough because how are we in this hour of television? And again, you have a Lance Gross, you have a Morris Chestnut, you have Papa Pope, like you have like big heavy hitters. So obviously we're going to want to know the backstories of all these characters. But the first episode is always really tough because it's like, well, why do I care? And for me, the cinematography wasn't giving what I wanted it to give. Like you're talking about the black elite. Like I want to see, I want to see more, some more luxury in this. So we did have a great scene of the of a black family getting off of the private jet and I don't know y'all that really did something to me I love seeing that I'm not gonna lie but when I talk when I think about like cinematography I okay so like I think about Moonlight the movie which I was absolutely obsessed with so the way that movie was shot and edited told the story like moved the story along um the same way with Queen Sugar like you have like these like these scenes of the landscape and it's like like you're thinking yourself like should I too be like Charlie and go and get me some land <laughs> no I'm just kidding but like like you want some images that tell the story and so I really think that because this show had the heavy hitters it was so much dependent on them and not so much of like the scenery um, because like Yaya walks into like um, this first party that she's been invited to by Lance Gross and he's purchased her these shoes and you're like take me to this party like take me to how she feels like like how does Yaya feel like walking into these parties knowing she doesn't come from where these other people come from and they have so much money but um Yaya her character is coming across is very determined to break through this world so so it's like take me there through the scene so it's a really I think it's going to be a really great story the storyline I'm most tied to is uh, Yaya's storyline and Papa Pope's storyline like I think that's going to get very very interesting but I need some more background because Papa Pope gets into of course a soliloquy with what is his daughter on the show Nadine and they have this tension this um father-daughter tension of who's going to take over uh, his company and that's a story that's told a lot of times where you have a father and a son but you have a black father and you have a, a black daughter so I'm interested in like 
How was it growing up with this man? And were you groomed to take over for the company? Or did one day you just have to show him that you were in this and you were going to take over the company? It's like like these huge actions are taken. Like she does something. And I don't think it's even fully explained. But she somehow takes over the company. And it's like, I really want to care that you take took over this company. Like I really do. But how did you do it? And what's the weight of it? And and does Papa Pope care about this company? Like and what exactly do y'all do? You know, like I have all these questions. So this is why I have a podcast people because these are the kind of things I think about when I watch these shows I think the show is going to be really good um Lee Daniels is attached to it I want to say okay so it was from um Lee Daniels and I guess the producers from um from Star and I know I saw Star but yeah so you know if Lee Daniels is involved we're gonna have someone gay on the show totally appreciate it so what I'm what I'm seeing, what I'm guessing is that the daughter of Morris Chestnut is going to be gay because you, we are introduced to what I feel is like maybe I, I would call her more androgynous. I think she was giving a little bit masculine present, but I, I guess more in the line of androgynous masculine presenting. So, yeah. So <clears throat> I was actually having this conversation with my friends because they were saying that they don't like it when there's a gay character um I guess like a I don't I don't think they use the word senseless but like a gay character for no reason is what was said and the example was the movie I care too much on Netflix which was a good movie and had a good twist at the end which I appreciate the movie <laughs> I could go I had a lot of thoughts about that movie too because like some of her actions were like girl you were really in that lake in that car and you got out of that lake to sit be strapped in a chair and to tell that man to shoot you but okay whatever anyway so this character, she was also in Girl Gone, Gone Girl, and I didn't like Gone Girl, and I also didn't like her character. Her character is just very, like, she could be falling off a train, and her voice just kind of, like, remains the same monotone. And I'm like, girl, I know you care, okay? It's in the title of the movie. Anyway, so she's gay in the movie, and it has nothing to do with the storyline. It's nothing to do, like, nothing. And I I actually really appreciated it because it's 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 kind of like when you get to a point where it's like you don't want the black lawyer like like it shouldn't say hey this is a black lawyer no it should just say hey this is a lawyer that just happened to be black you know like you hear these stories where it's written this is the black sassy friend who's going to be the comic relief of the show you know like this is going to be the gay black friend and um he's going to be black and gay and we're gonna we, we wanted a black guy but we also wanted to make him gay so he could be more palatable like no that's no give me just someone who's gay just give me a good storyline like we don't have to have a reason why they're gay we don't have to be like checking off the diversity checkbox or you know we're going to be funny or you know this one character is going to bring the gay crowd or the black crowd just tell a good and compelling story so I actually appreciated the gay the gay part of, I guess it was like a little sprinkle like it was like a little tease that um that the daughter is gay but she could very well not be gay you know she could just be maybe she's just you know I'm so rich and I'm so bored and this is my best friend like you just kind of just don't know you don't have any idea um how the story will unfold but yeah you guys go go to uh, my Instagram page and comment on how you feel about gay characters like do you like do you think that um there needs to be a quote-unquote reason like a gay storyline or you find like when there's a, a gay character and it just is kind of like no one has to explain it 
So I like both, right? Like I like a good coming out story because you need that for representation. Like you need to see um, children who are gay or teenagers specifically who are gay, who, who maybe deal with it and deal with their identity and the parents and the friends around them, right? But I think it's also nice to have a storyline where you don't have to talk about it. Like they're just gay and like, not like I, okay, okay. So like I think about Master of None, right? Lena Waif's character, Master of None, changed the landscape of masculine gay women on television um black masculine gay women and like we didn't have there wasn't a whole like like thing like oh I have a gay friend and Denise how do you feel about being gay like no we had one episode the Thanksgiving episode and that told us everything we needed to know from there there like we don't have to we don't have to have this whole coming out story again like it's needed but in every show where there's a gay character we don't need a coming out story attached to it let them just be gay for gay's sake so yeah so I like the gay part of I know what was the show called? Oh, I care too much. Um, and I'm interested to see where this androgynous masculine presenting gay character is going to go in this show. So yeah, so I hope you guys watch and check it out. It's on Fox. Um, their team actually sent me a, a PR box of uh, the cutest bonnet and pillowcase. So I thought that was really cute. Um, because Yaya, the main character, is a hairdresser. <sighs> Okay, guys, so let's go. Let's see. What other shows do I want to chat with y'all about? Oh, so the last show. Okay, so let's talk about this. So I'm not caught up on Married at First Sight, right? Like, I'm not all the way caught up. I'm, I'm an episode behind. But um, just for anyone who's kind of like me, who's like a little bit episode behind, I do just want to kind of talk about the couples. And I do want to say I'm obsessed with Married at First Sight. If some of you guys follow me on my Instagram, then you know I talk about this show every single season. I'm talking about this show. I, I just find it interesting that there's people out here who will get married at first sight. But then again, there are arranged marriages. But even in arranged marriage, in those um, circumstances, like you and the family, like your families kind of like would have met. You would have seen the person, you know, but it's very OK. So this the whole thing is just very interesting. So this is season 13 of Married at First Sight. Uh, my favorite couple season, Johnny and Bo. So. I'm I was really into them at first, but I really think that Bo, she just seems like one of these people that like she has a way of doing things and that's the only way that it's going to be done, right? So these two I think are super cute, but I'm like I I want to say I think they're they are my favorite. Usually I root for the black couple, right? Um, because you're, you're just like representation. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're here, baby. I'm glad we're here. So I'm gonna try to ride with y'all until the wheels fall off. So this season we have, uh, Zach and Michaela. So my concerns with Zach and Michaela, well, first we don't know too much about them because Zach actually got COVID on their honeymoon. Um, and they actually honeymoon in Florida, but we're, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Okay? Um, so Michaela didn't get to have a honeymoon and she seems like very attracted to him and very attached to him like almost immediately like okay cool girl cool uh yeah so they finally get to a point where they can see each other he's COVID free negative tests they can finally move in together because now they have the couples move in in the same condo so the couples can talk to each other and know so they finally move in together and from the series events what happens Zach's side of the story is that he kind of woke up 
his dad his dog was having like a trip or a bad episode so he took the the dog I guess to the bed or took the dog somewhere Michaela wakes up and I have to maybe watch the scene again because I'm very interesting interested in the timing of the scene she gets up and she calls out to Zach and I guess she calls his phone to which he doesn't answer and she's upset she's like pissed she flips out packs all her stuff and leaves and it was so interesting to me because I'm thinking like would something else have had to happen to make her think that he was lying about where he was by not answering the phone and I'm very curious how much time went by like did an hour go by did two hours go by and you just got upset and then you just walked out and then when they finally discussed this series of events she kind of cusses him out and basically I don't know if she called him a liar or said that basically he was lying. And I just couldn't in my head understand like why she responded that way. And I was really like interested in wondering, was there a background, interested in wondering if there was a background story to that. So like I really wanted them to work out in the beginning, but the way Michaela's acting, I it's just a little shocking. Like I have gotten upset before about an unreturned phone call, but like to leave the whole house, girl. Like you, you ain't want to just wait for him to come back and ask him where he was at. So yeah. Um, the next couple, I'm not gonna talk about every single couple. Um, the next couple that I'm, I am like really interested in is um, Gil and Myra. I think that's how you pronounce her name. So this, what you have is you have um. <sighs> two people with two different types of ideas towards finances together, which is very, very interesting. So Myra makes more money than Gil. I, I believe Gil's a firefighter. The whole dialogue is interesting. What I like with them, though, is that they seem like they both have a good sense of humor because he pokes fun at her a lot because he says that she's high maintenance, right? So they go to Florida for their honeymoon, which at one point in my life, I was vacationing in Florida like three times a year. So like for my honeymoon, I like definitely would want to be like somewhere other than Florida. Um, but last season, they honeymooned in Vegas and I, I would have been absolutely pissed about that because I need a beach. But anyway, so Myra from the beginning, she's just kind of complaining. Like she's complaining about the hotel. She's complaining about being in Florida. She's complaining about them not being right on the beach. And like, I was kind of like with her. <laughs> like I was like, eh. it reminded me of the first time I went to Miami and my wife, um, we were, were we engaged by this time? We had just gotten engaged maybe. I can't remember. And she took me to this hotel. I'm not gonna say the hotel name, but it was like a less than stellar, maybe like two stars. And her whole point was like, it's Miami. You're not gonna be on the beach. The hotel is cheap. You're not gonna be in the room. You're gonna be on the beach. So it doesn't matter where you stay. And like at my, I've been watching this podcast and they always say my big age. At my big age of 31, Am I 31 or am I 32? At my big age of whatever this big age is, the hotel matters. Yeah. So I was kind of with her, but he, but you still had to be grateful, right? Like I'm not a big complainer. Like I'm still very grateful for everything. And she, she kind of doesn't come off grateful, but she comes off like she knows her standards. So he wants her to kind of stop shopping so much um, because he goes and sees her closet and where she lives and everything to kind of match his lifestyle and I and I don't know y'all y'all can comment and let me know but I kind of don't think that that's fair because let me give you an example so she brings up she's talking to one of his friends about his apartment and she's she's like a little 
I'm when you're talking about like a strong-willed woman um, who who's like opinionated, she knows herself. Like you want to be very careful about the words because <laughs> words can be very coded. But because um, I was thinking about how I was about to describe her, but so she says in a in a way that was not the nicest that like I'm not gonna stay at his apartment. Like that's not like however he what he was paying in rent before we gonna have to double that because I'm that's not where I'm gonna live, and it just it just brought up the conversation because is she supposed to use her own money less to make him feel comfortable about the money he makes because he's comfortable he's a firefighter he's helping out the community he's comfortable he says money is not his motivation so if it's not your motivation then how she spends her own money because she doesn't seem to, to mind either like as you know some women are like you need to make as much or more than me she doesn't seem to mind that he doesn't make as much as her it's just don't you don't have to comment like if I buy if I spend a thousand dollars on shoes and you would never oh okay I'm not asking you to buy these shoes I'm just buying my own shoes she has not made any comments so far again I'm one episode behind but she has not made one comment so far to like downplay him or his work or his money yet everyone's constantly talking about her and I'm kind of on her side because you get to a point where you kind of like nice things so you're gonna spend your money and and that's okay and then they were talking about savings so she has more money saved up than he has so what are we discussing so with my money um i make a little bit of more money okay and i save more than you so so what's the problem so it just sounds like you know when they get an apartment she may maybe split the rent a little differently like maybe she pays more and he pays less whatever you know whatever they decide to do but I just found it so interesting because even like his father was making comments like, yeah, or I even want to think Pastor Cal said that. Pastor Cal was like, uh, Pastor Cal, y'all, I am from Georgia. <laughs> Pastor Cal was like, yeah, you gonna have to change how you spend money. And I think it's a conversation, right? If it's a dollar amount, like if if you say anything over 300, 400, 500, 1500, 2000, we have to have a conversation. Say that. At this point, if, if it's over this dollar amount, let me just talk. So when I see the, the red bottoms get delivered, I'm not shocked, right? That's cool. That's fine. But to say, I think like if you are a person and you're, and you're kind of used to living a certain way and you're telling me that I now have to quote unquote downsize to make someone else feel comfortable, I'm automatically going to feel some resentment is what it sounds like to me I now I, I am kind of rooting for them but I just want like how they treat my girl like she's she's kind of not the nicest though because I just remember um they went to go to um who was it it was Bao and uh Johnny and Bao and Johnny threw like a barbecue what no 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 it wasn't Bao and Johnny who threw the barbecue it was the other couple um, I have their names here Rachel and Jose they threw the barbecue and Myra was like I won't be coming back here. <laughs> and it's like, it's one of those things that like, girl, like maybe like you have those thoughts in your head, but don't say them out loud, you know? But um, that's why I can't, that's why I can't judge her too hard. Cause I'm not going to sit here and say, I haven't been to some places and be like, oh, 
this was nice, but I'm I'm not gonna be able to come back. No, it's like you you gotta say that in your head. So I but I really think that she's just very straight up, forward, direct, and and she seems very honest, and I I kind of do like her, so I won't lie. So yeah, so that's how I've been feeling about the married at first sight. Thankfully, thankfully we don't have any con artists on this season like we've had before. So I'm very interested with how things are gonna turn out, y'all. We got a little bit. I got a little bit lengthy here because I wanted to talk to you guys about the start of the podcast and the shows that I'm watching and I had to go through some new and old shows that I'm watching so I really don't have the only like thing that's going on okay it's two things going on right now kind of like the blogs and everything I've been talking one is this whole Kevin Kevin Karen so we have a whole situation with Karen civil going on and I remember when I first heard about Karen like years ago I remember thinking like what is it that she does you know and I so I guess it's kind of like a media publicist kind of role like it seems like she's like the type of person like if you need to put on be put on she would help put you on so now you have these people who are coming out and this isn't the first second or third time that's ha- that has happened it's just all seemed to be happening all at one time because you have Jessica Wu, you have Jorner Lucas, you have Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked, all coming out and basically sharing their horror stories of working with Karen. And then Karen proceeds to then go on Clubhouse and kind of detail some of these instances. And then there's also some, some conversation because I feel like Karen has gotten street cred over the years because of like who she's been associated with. So it's on a, it, it, it's very reminiscent to me of like how Yandy got got street cred like years ago. Like like she's running with some big people, so like yo she must be cool. So it was kind of the same. Not saying that, not comparing them too. Just saying I think the same. Like how maybe they were introduced to the culture from some some big deal like heavy hitter rappers in the culture. So like with with Karen especially the last couple years it was like her relationship with Nipsey so now some people are saying that relationship wasn't even on good standing and it's like it's like tough because you know he's not here to say you know anything but um and there was a lot of conversation with a couple other people who weren't on good standing with Nipsey at the time of his um murder but and I actually I listened to Karen's podcast I am obsessed with podcasts and I I really liked her because I think through her through her like Instagram and stuff you kind of don't always get like her personality like you get like okay she has nice style she dresses nice blase blase but her podcast with Ming Lee like really like the girl girl I guess podcast really showcased her personality which I really appreciated so I really started liking her and I think like the more I think about it, it's like in this business like there are going to be a couple of people who could say bad things about you right like they always say don't believe your worst critic and don't believe like your biggest hype man um the worst thing about you or the best thing about you because like I like you know if someone were to say okay well I met Jamila and she was like she was so totally rude to me that could be absolutely the truth like I couldn't sit here and say like (laughs) I'm not gonna sit here and say you know I'm happy every day and I'm pleasant every day like no you know everyone has bad days so it's it's it causes the question of like 
when you have so many people come out and say this about you, does this mean that she's never done anything good or does it take away the good that she's done for the community now? Because she's also um, associated with a couple of, say with some Haitian reliefs, right? With some, like she does some volunteer work. She gives money back. She creates, she's um, aligned herself with a couple of causes. And I want to say one has come out allegedly and said like, okay, this is what's done allegedly so I don't know it's like it's like a situation you don't know what or who to believe it's all unfortunate especially when you're talking about like the sums of money that they're talking about that have been either taken away from them or that they did the work and didn't get the money or was supposed to get the money but I've just I kind of find it very interesting cause just because Karen Civil is like one of those people that like you kind of don't know too much about you don't know what she's what she's doing but she was just like behind some like some powerful men I just found the whole story interesting. So definitely comment. Let me know. Do you believe Karen? Do you believe Jessica Wu? Do you believe Jonah Lucas? Let me know. I've just kind of like been following it because I find it really interesting, especially because I guess for Karen to be a PR person, if she didn't, quote unquote, I guess, get ahead of it and try to change the conversation. It's kind of like if you're a PR person, you've done that for other people. I guess you do kind of have to stand up and, and do it for yourself. But it it had, I guess she had let a couple of instance, instances go. And then now she's she was on The Breakfast Club last week talking about it on Clubhouse and then like on Twitter. So it seems like she's dealing with a head on. But I don't think like overall, I think there needs to be like an overall statement that I haven't heard. And it could have been even just like, hey, I'm a media person. I'm a PR person, but I can't promise you that you're going to have a hit that hits. Like I can't promise the outcome. I can promise to put you in front of the right people. Right. So I think there's just maybe like an overall statement that needs to be made about her work and maybe like bad outcomes. But if it's, if it's, if it's like an underlying scam, allegedly, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a little harder to get in front of. The last thing I wanted to chat with you guys about that I've been feeling super passionate about the past two weeks. Has it been two weeks? So I haven't been watching Versus lately. I absolutely love Versus, but I liked it when they were at home. <laughs> I like it when they were playing on, off of their laptop. I really appreciated that. Or even in the studio when they were both in the studio together. Because I like the stories behind the songs. Like when Jill Scott told you, like we all knew that she had wrote the verse for Erica Badu, but like when they when she gave this gives me chills, when she gave Erica Badu flowers, you know, for helping to put her on and put her in that space. There's just beautiful stories. You know, even like um with, with Teddy Riley and Babyface when Babyface was like, Oh, that's cute. I don't do remixes. You know, like I like that dialogue. Okay, so Ja Rule, Fat Joe had their verses to me it wasn't like the verses I would have wanted to see but I absolutely love that Joe and I like Ja Rule so you know let's run it so it sounded good so of course you know people were going through all the stuff that that Joe said which was unfortunate some of the things he said you know that's been covered talked about I think for me what was the most interesting was what came out of the conversation between JD and 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 brother love brother love diddy so you know jd kind of says like yo like diddy where you at let's do this versus and diddy goes you know brother you know like we are friends i you know i like you i like you we are friends yes but he said your arms are too long to box with god baby that's <laughs> well, number one that took me out because that was not not very nice sean diddy combs number two i think that for some reason 
I, I always believe this and it could be because I'm from the South. People always, always, always count out the South for whatever reason, because I don't know, because a lot of people feel like hip hop was like the birthplace. New York was the birthplace of hip hop. You know, they get more, I don't know, more weight in the game. I don't know. But I think a lot of people forgot that JD produced and writes like number one, he produced and writes, which you know, did he gets written for and produced for. But anyway, so JD is like had his hands on Mariah Carey, on Janet Jackson. You know, I think like when JD, like even when you look at Usher, because Usher started off with Diddy, right? But Usher came, but Usher, we saw the most growth under JD. Who who else was I? Escape. You have these instances where, where JD helped propel careers and elongate these careers where you have like with Diddy, Diddy's really good for spotting talent and putting them out there. But as far as the um, longevity of their career, <laughs> we have Mary. Baby, what other example? I mean, not that you need. I mean, Mary is Mary, of course. But yeah, so he says that he feels that he can go against Dre. To me, the acts that Diddy are attached with are very diverse, right? Like you have your Mary and you have your Biggie. And you have so many, like you have your Faith. You, ha- I mean, like you could go on and on and on and on and on and on, right? I think with Dre, he's attached to a lot of people. And you have like the pop-off of Eminem, which was then the pop-off of 50 Cent. And then you have like people that 50 Cent were associated with, have been associated with, whatever. Because then that kind of then goes down to like pop smoke. Yeah, I just thought about that. Like you have your Dre, your Eminem, and then you have like your 50 Cent. And then before pop smoke was murdered, like he had aligned himself with 50 Cent. So anyway, I, it just made me think about like how people will pop off and then put people on. I don't know. Like Dre, like Dre is Dr. Dre is Dr. Dre, right? Like he produces what we'll, we will keep his personal life out of this particular conversation because there's a lot to be said about what he allegedly does behind closed doors but producing um you know you're not going to discuss like his business acumen like that's not going to be challenged or his producing credit but I think versus is also like a game of like give me a vibe like when you had like Teddy Riley and Babyface like that was a vibe like Swiss Beats and Tim like dope I think Dre and Diddy, like it does give you like that East Coast, West Coast, which is fine. But I don't like the vibes to me would not be similar enough, I guess. But that's just my two cents on it. But I really just think like oh, the great Andre 3000 said the South with an F got something to say. And for some reason, like they're they're counted out. Like would I would I necessarily want to see a uh, JD and Brother Love versus no, but um, like for the music, absolutely. But I don't think that it was so far of a reach that that Diddy made it out to be. So yeah, so that was my two cents on that. Y'all, I really want to hear your thoughts on the episode to let me know what you liked. I always say what you didn't like. I mean, you can say what you didn't like. That's fine. But yeah, go on, go on my Instagram page. Let me know. That's as I said, podcast on Instagram. Let me know like what y'all are watching, what you like what's coming up what are your movies that you're watching we didn't discuss any movies i'll make sure to have some movies next time but yeah again i'll be back next week to talk to you guys we'll get an update because i'll be caught up with married at first sight by then by the next time i come to you guys we would have seen another show of our kind of people so we'll have a deeper idea of how we feel about the show and you guys can also leave comments and let me know what you're watching maybe i'll check it out too 
make sure you subscribe to the podcast give me a, a rating on the podcast as well with a comment let me know and yeah guys till next week see you later